This is the Skirted Roundtable and Linda Merrill from Surroundings. And this is Megan Arquette from Beach Bungalow 8. Joni Webb with Code to Texas. And this week on the Skirted Roundtable, we are thrilled to be welcoming um, the fabulous interior designer Martin Lawrence Ballard, um, star of the recent Bravo um, TV series Million Dollar Decorators and star of a whole lot of decorating projects. So Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you ladies. It's really a pleasure to be involved in this wonderful roundtable. Well, thank you. <laughs> and we're, we're going to want to talk to you about, we always like to hear about people's backgrounds, and I know, uh, you know, you're well known, so a lot of your background is, is also well known, but we want to, some of our listeners may not have heard your, your story, so we want to hear that and talk about your new book, Live, Love, and Decorate, which looks gorgeous. Oh, thank um, you so much. Thank you. So maybe we can start with, you know, tell us a little bit about, you're obviously from England, you know, your background, and how is it you came to be? The celebrity decorator of Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a crazy story. I call it my Hollywood story in reverse because I came here to originally be an actor. You know, I thought I was going to follow the Hollywood dream and come here and become a movie star. (laughs) I moved myself. I think I was 24 when I came here. And um, I kind of flailed around for a while. I did a couple of little TV shows, a couple of bit parts here and there. And then one day I got cast to play opposite Eartha Kitt as her, as her toy boy. Toy <laughs> <laughs> boy toy, whichever way you want to look at it. In a movie called I Woke Up Early the Day I Died. And that, that movie was... A big hit. Well, it didn't really go that far, to yeah, be honest. That was but, yeah. but it was But it was a really fun experience yeah. for me. But the great thing that happened from it is that I became friends with the producer. And the producer came to my house for dinner, he and his then fiancé. And they loved this little house that I had done back then. I mean, literally, I didn't have any money back then. It was a whole thing that I just sort of did from the flea markets. And um, they loved it. And they said, you know, we're starting this new company called Hollywood Filmworks. Would you come and decorate the offices? So I was like, my God, that's going to be hilarious. And I'll do it because I'm sure I'll get another movie roll out of it. I went and did the whole, um, the office is up. I did the whole thing, 5,000 square feet, $30,000, which I cannot even believe today. I mean, literally, it's so mad to me. I bought people's lamps for that these days, so it's wild. Yeah. Mm. And um, the day it was finished, the executive president of Capitol Records called me and she said, oh, I've just been to Hollywood Filmworks. I love it. Would you come and look at the Capitol building? And I said to her, I said to her, oh my God, you know what? I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm this young guy from England. I've just sort of come over here. and playing around. She was like, well, I love it. Come on over. So I went and met with her. Her name was Liz Heller. We became instant best friends. And I started working on her office at Capitol and her house in the Hollywood, um, in the flats of Hollywood. And she said to me, literally, I got this phone call, actually. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm getting married tomorrow. My wedding plan has gone missing. I need help. I'm getting married at my house. So I ran to the local um, uh, flower mart, and I bought, like, a staple gun and some fabric. And I went over to her house and whipped up this wedding. By the way, I'd never done anything like it in my life. And it kind of turned out, it kind of looked okay. (laughs) (laughs) She asked me to stay to the wedding. At the wedding, she sat me next to Cheryl Teagues. And by the end of the wedding, Cheryl Teagues had basically hired me to do her new house. 
Oh my nine, nine months later, I was on the cover of six magazines around the world. And no way. Yeah, and sort of as the new design star. <laughs> and that's literally how my career started. It's rolled on from there. Well, that was meant to be. It's a crazy story, isn't it? It's like, it's yeah. Like, it's totally... Well, let me ask you this. Had you done any acting in London before you came over? Or? I had, That's yeah. kind of old. I mean, 24. No, I mean, literally, I had... Basically, what had happened, I had... And I learned my trade, in essence, by working in the flea markets, the antique markets in London, buying and selling things from a very early age. So from about 12 years old, I started to like do this and be interested in doing this. And I expanded it out... And I paid my way through going to drama school by buying and selling little antique things. Whatever I thought was pretty and decorative that I could make a profit on, I would buy them and mm-hmm. sell them. And I took my profits and put myself through the Lee Strasberg acting school in Covent Garden in London. Oh, uh, wow. I did that for a while. And then once that was, once though, I did two courses there actually. And once I finished that, I. Flowed around, I modeled for a little while, and some commercials, and I did a few acting things. And that's where I got the taste for it. And that's when I moved here to L.A. and kind of did another course at Strasbourg and then did those TV things, and then that's how it all sort of evolved. So, yeah. So you have a you have a background in the decorative arts and that you will probably, I'm sure, learned a huge amount from the buying and selling of I figuring mean, out what you like. That was the best education I think I could ever have given myself was learning it hands-on because I learned, you know, what was Regency, what was Victorian, where it came from, what it was made from, literally by buying and selling it, making mistakes, making a profit. It was, it was, it was that education that's given me the knowledge I have today. Of course, I've expanded on it today, but it was really that. So you said to Cheryl Teague's, you know, toast the couple, I'm, I'll help you decorate your house. How did you know how to do that and, like, deal with contractors and deal with all of that? I had absolutely no clue, really, what I was doing. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. I, I, I sort of jumped into it, and it was amazing. I went over to her house and sat on the floor of this kind of 1950s weird Polynesian-y teardown that she'd bought in the best street in Bel Air, by the way. Um, Nancy Reagan on one side, Elizabeth Taylor on the other. That's the that's the same house that's in your book, correct? Exactly, yes. Okay. And you'll see it in my book you'll see it in my book in its third reincarnation because Cheryl and I have worked together throughout my entire twenty year career now. Been best and best of friends. And I've kind of decorated that for her when she first moved in and then I did it again when she got remarried and then again recently, like a year ago, which are the pictures that you're seeing in my book. So, so the house has grown between both of our lives and our friendship. It's been an amazing journey, actually. Well, I recognize uh, your new fabrics are in her house, so it's obviously tweaked it recently. Yes, exactly. It was, yeah. exactly, it was yeah. just a year ago. So anyway, but, let's, let's dig deeper into this. How did you know how to deal with contractors? And- <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really know. I, I mean, I just sort of went with my senses and... What happened is, as I got further into it, I realized, okay, I'm going to need to kind of take a partner and get a bit more serious with this. So I looked around through all these different people that I'd met and friends and stuff, and I took on a business partner for a while who really, I needed to understand the side of the business and how you 
make money and do your accounting and order things. So I kind of did that, took somebody on, got an assistant who had a design background, and then I just kind of forged forward with my own flair and worked it out day by day. It was an amazing process. And again, I was so lucky that Cheryl Teagues was really my first real client. Because yeah, that other, helped. She probably yeah, had a good budget. She had a, she had a great budget, but she had a great sense of humor, and she was really unbelievably game to trust me to do things. And she obviously knew you were new, so she must have been patient with the sort of learning curve of, yeah, let me figure out how to do that kind of yeah, thing. Absolutely, absolutely. It was, it was just amazing. I mean, I look back on it now and I can't believe how lucky I was and how it all evolved. I think, I mean, I think it really is amazing because I think most of us, if when we start, we try so hard to make it look like we know how to do everything. And, you know, you kind of almost are just like, well, as long as I stay a step ahead of the client, I'll learn as I go. And we all do that to some extent, unless you intern with someone or, you know, you work in another firm and learn that way. But, you know, you don't really want the client to know what you, do, what you don't know. But in a way, it must have been a lot more of a relief that she did know and she accepted that. Yeah, no, it was great. It was really great. It was, uh, And the mad thing was that she had interviewed everybody. She'd interviewed the top decorators in LA, the top decorators in New York, and she hadn't clicked with somebody. And she said to me, I really clicked with you. She said, I don't know what it is, but I felt that, that I could trust you and together we would create this beautiful house. And that actually has become something I've taken for my entire career as the way forward is that if you trust your clients, if you have a connection with them, then truly that's 50% of the battle. <laughs> I think trust is everything and an understanding of each other is everything. And that's why almost these days I almost interview my clients as much as they interview me because if I don't have a connection with them, I know that the job won't be as beautiful as it should be. And, and to me it's really important that all my jobs are something special. So, yeah, it's been quite the experience. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, I stayed last spring at the yeah, Colonial yeah. Palms. It is so beautiful. We, My husband, who's not in the design world except via me, he just even tonight at dinner said, oh, remember that purple dining room, how incredible that was? Like oh. a speakeasy. I mean, <laughs> we both just loved it so much. That is so sweet of you guys. Thank you so much. It was that was a really fun adventure. That hotel. It was my first. It was my first commercial project as a hotel, and they had a very little budget. Actually, I had to. I did. Um, I think it was 60, 68 rooms, including the suites, all the public areas, the restaurant, the reception. The whole thing was done for like a million two, which. I mean, I've spent that on people's rooms now. Yeah. So I did that entire hotel for that. I can't believe it, but it was an amazing process because I would find something great, like maybe a side table for the bed, the bedrooms, that was $800, and we knew that 60 of them would blow our budget. So I found ways to send that to vendors, like in China or Indonesia, to copy it, and we'd get back an amazing copy for like 100 bucks. That's awesome. And that was the way we did the hotel, and so... I learned about manufacturing en masse, and I learned about still giving a commercial space some style and allowing it to have personality, but doing it in a, in a way that would come in on budget. And so 
what it was a great process, and I absolutely love going and staying in that hotel myself because it's a very cozy place. So thank you. I'm so happy you guys enjoyed it. Colony Farms, not Colony. Colony. I'm glad. I, I had not heard of it before, and my husband's like, "Oh, let's go. Let's go out to the desert." Right, these, now, this I did a story on that hotel, like on my blog, about five years ago. It was one of oh. my first. When it first opens, how great. Yeah, when, yeah, when, you know, I just love, I've loved your style for so long. And um, that's so cute, it on the internet. Yeah, I'd love to go stay there. Well, I think you need to come out and we'll go hang by the pool. That's a good, yeah. that's a good plan. Absolutely. Well, okay, and so the headboards are these big padded headboards that are Suzani's. And yes. you had those made, correct? I did. I had those. That was um, it's a hilarious story. One of my assistants went on vacation to Turkey, and she called me up and she said, like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to give up my job. And I was like, why? And she said, oh, because I am engaged to the son of the richest man in Turkey. <laughs> and so I was like, well, fantastic. I'm coming to the wedding, in that case. So, so I ended up starting my wonderful love affair with Turkey, and I found incredible vendors there, and one of the vendors... I used to create those Suzanis, and they were um, village. Are they all the same? I didn't look in any of the rooms. Every single one is different. Well, I, I thought they looked so authentic, and then the manager of the hotel we got to know, and he said, oh, no, he, those are all, he had those made for the rooms. I was like, God, they look really real, though. I mean, they don't look like they were made in China. They look They're, real. They were made by a village of a village of uh, three or four generations of women in Uzbekistan hand-embroidered all of those things. For mm -hmm. that They're beautiful. Oh. Another quick question I had about it. Were you inspired, the way this place is set up, he's, it, they totally retained the vintage glamour Hollywood Palm Springs glam thing. It's all still there. Um, and it's a court, you know, it's a courtyard and with a swimming pool in the middle. And um, on the end, on the, far back of it is a open bar restaurant. Was that wallpaper made for that? Did you all literally take a picture of the yeah. of dusk in the, in the I hired a photographer. Desert? I hired a photographer, sent them out to take a photograph and then I sent it through a process where we made it purple because the restaurant was called the Purple Palm mm -hmm. because the hotel was owned originally by Al Wertheimer who was called the Purple Gangster. Mm -hmm. And so I had the purple theme. And so I had that photograph tinted purple and then blown up and made into wallpaper. It's an oh, amazing no. trick. That entire, that space, is, as you remember, is huge. Mm -hmm. so the entire, to cover that entire space, customizing it only cost $10,000. Wow. And, you know, for that, all that impact, isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Yeah, it's very impactful. And then you have the green tufted banquettes. Yeah. And the colors are just perfection. It's so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. That's really sweet. You know, that's what I was going to talk to you about. Most, most of the, a lot of your work, you know, has a lot of reds in it and it's a lot of Suzani's. And, but then yet you come to what you did for the Osbournes and it's all that beautiful lilac and lavender and very pale and. Yes. God, I love that house. I just love what you did. Thank you. It's, yeah, you know, I don't decorate for me. I decorate for my clients, which means that, like I said earlier on about getting to know people, it really is for me to kind of get in there, understand what they want, 
and sort of make their decorative dreams a reality. And of course, I put my own twist on it a little bit for them. But I don't want people to walk in a house. And as you'll see in my book, everything's so different, really. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't want you to walk in and go, oh, my God, I love it. That's a Martin Lawrence Bullard house. I want them to walk in and go, my God, Sharon Osborne, your house is amazing. I love it. It's full of your personality. And it just so happens that she feels like saying, well, my decorator is Martin Lawrence Bullard. That's fantastic. But if that doesn't happen, it's still good because I know I created something that's perfect for her. So, but for your own, like, if your own, you do, you lean towards the Suzanis and the red for your own personal? I mean, I love red. You'll see, as you would have seen in, in the book, My House, The Villa Swanson, um, right. there's a lot of color in my house. Yes, there's definitely a bunch of red. I've got red wainscoting in my bedroom, I painted, and then I've got red silk drapery in the living room. But I really, I decorated this house. It was the home of Gloria Swanson built by Rudolf Valentino. Um, And it's a 20s Mediterranean villa. And so I decorated it using, in my mind's eye, the way I feel that a Mediterranean villa would have looked in the 20s. And so red was the prevalent color. It was always thought to be the strong color of Spain and Italy. And that's really why I pulled in the red. And I love the contrast of the red silk against the rough-hewn plaster walls. You've kind of updated your own house a little bit with new fabrics, like in the dining room and... The fabric, you know, as a, as a fabric designer as well, I'm constantly yeah. loving all the new fabrics that I do, whether they're in my own collection or now in the Schumacher collection. And I can't control myself. I have to keep reupholstering things and using them around me. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, in your book, in your book, the first page, that's all your new fabrics, aren't they, with Schumacher? Um, the, the, those collage pages, yeah, those are actually those are actually taken from the from the uh, pin boards in my office, and they are all my different fabrics with both Schumacher and my own line. Actually, I heard you when you came to Boston. Um, you talked with um, you did a little panel discussion with the I think the design director at Schumacher talking about the development of your fabric line for Schumacher, but you also yeah. have your own line that you also produce. So tell us a little bit about the, the two different... Well, my, my, my personal line is a, is a printed linen line. It's actually a hand silk screen line on linen. And, you know, being based in California, I love to use natural materials. So I felt like a, a line printed on great linens was really the, the ideal way to go, which I've actually just expanded my line. I'm just introducing wallpaper and outdoor fabric, actually. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is just about to hit the showrooms very soon. Who, who carries your personal line? My personal line is carried at, um, well, in L.A. it's carried at Thomas Lavin. In New York it's carried at Holly Hunt. Also, I think in Chicago it's carried at Holly Hunt. In Boston it's at Webster. Um, in Chicago it's at Grizzella Man. I, I'm in showrooms all over America. And Are you in Houston, do you know? Yes, I'm with David Sutherland. Okay, okay, I'm going to go look at it. I haven't seen it there yet. So I th- we're actually new. We're actually new. We just moved into Texas, actually. Uh-huh. And so, David, I, I'm, I'm getting nervous up. It's that new. But, yeah, he's not, I love David Sutherland, and it's a great showroom. Right, it is. It's one of the better ones, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so my personal line was really developed because I kept doing custom fabrics for my clients, 
And I was like, well, you know what? Why am I not just putting these into a line if I'm going to keep doing all the work to, you know, to create 30, 40 yards? I might as well put a line around them. Yeah. That's really what happened. That's really how the evolution of my own line became. Um, and then what happened, Architectural Digest asked me three years ago to do the green room for the Emmys. And the sponsor that year was Schumacher. And so I met with the Schumacher people and looked through their fabrics and picked a bunch of stuff. Actually, poor guys, because I used so much of it, I, I created a tent <laughs> using the fabric. And so at the end of the event, they loved what I'd done so much. The um, director said, you know, would you be interested in working with us doing a line? And so I said, oh, my God, I'd, be, I'd love to do a line of, of wovens or embroideries or something that's not in my own line. Um, and oh, so, I said, okay. so I said, bring us what, it, what you've got, come to New York, show us what your ideas are, and let's take it from there. So I took them all these beautiful antique embroideries and all these things that I loved, and that's how we started to develop it. So their line is things like silk velvets and silk embroideries and beautiful wovens, really the things that I have no idea how to produce myself. And uh -huh. Schumacher being this incredible, you know, 120-year-old company, have got all these unbelievable contacts around the world who can do all of these great specialized things. And so it was a wonderful extension of my brand to work with, with them. Well, that's what the, uh, I, I forget the name of the woman from Schumacher. Um, yeah, she, uh, one of the things she had mentioned was that the various fabrics are made in wherever they're best made. Yes, so exactly. it's like Belgian linen and Italian leather and whatever, you know, wherever they are. But they, they're, they're actually produced from all over the world, from wherever yeah. that thing is the best. We've got things made in Switzerland. We've got things made in Scotland. We've got things made in India. Things made in Italy. And it's amazing. It's all over the place. So I was sort of stunned when they told me all the places they'd visited to get my line done. Yeah, I was so, that was so impressive, you know, the breadth of that. Yeah, it's, it's been an amazing process working with them. Schumacher have been incredible. Um, I'm so happy to be kind of part of their family now. And, you know, we're talking about me doing a, a line of carpets for them. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, and a line of um, wallpaper next. So uh, Yes. Yeah, really funny. <laughs> the two things I love. Yes, fabulous, right? Mm-hmm. So it's great. It's been a great partnership. You know what I love that you do, uh, what, I've seen you do it several times, is when you do the band of color for the wainscoting, it was in the hotel, and, yes. um, you know, I think that's such a great way for people to get a look without, you know, spending a lot of money, you know, I mean, it's such a, a, a good way, and I remember when you did it at um, Joe Francis's house, and he made you paint it out, and I was like screaming, no, no. Oh. Funny you remember that. Yes. Yeah. I that was such a mistake. I love um, I love using that wainscot detail with paint because it's a way to bring color into a room but not overpower the whole space. And it's a way to bring architecture into a room that doesn't have molding. Can you describe it? Can you describe it? Because I didn't see that one. And in well, case other basically we just go I just go up to um, I usually do a chair rail height about 36 inches, uh -huh. tape around the room, and paint below that in a color. So I oh, have, like color blocking. 
Yes. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. Exactly. And she's so dramatic, and it and it does it as an architectural element that's not there. And for someone that doesn't have a big budget, you know, and it mm-hmm. creates. A, but anyway, so he was doing Joe Francis's house. It was on TV, his first television program, and he had done this gorgeous blue border. And Joe walks. He goes, "I don't like it. Paint it out." <laughs> and it was oh, like, God. "Oh." I know, it, and you know, and you know it, that room. And you were dying. I know you were dying. Uh, well, I remember that show that, um, what was, what, what network was that on, Lawrence, when the first time you were on with Joe Francis, and I remember there was the whole thing about the tile and the pool wasn't the right color, or uh, the grout wasn't the right color. That was Material World, and Material. it was on TLC. Oh, that's right. Uh, back, in the day, back in the day when TLC was the channel. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's been majorly usurped by Bravo, Bravo and yeah. all those others since then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a gorgeous house, though. I love, I love uh, the paint. It's a, yeah. it's a amazing house, that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really I is. I love that on Million Dollar when you went in and you're, you know, trying to tell the help how to do the pillows. <laughs> that was, that was so funny. That was, that was funny. Oh, uh, it was, it was. It's very difficult to do a house in another country, and even more difficult to do a house in a country that's that there's a language barrier. <laughs> we had some adventures with that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you know everyone loved the Million Dollar Decorator show. It was such a hit, and I know because we would Twitter um, while the show was going on and with the hashtag, and there were just hundreds of us. That we're watching it together, you know. Amazing, and I w- right? Yeah, it's such a great way to watch a show like that when you're talking to America, and you know you can go, "Oh, I hate that. I love that." You know, and you <laughs> everyone's opinion. But you went down there ostensibly to show the crew how to, you know, clean the house. But is that really why you went down there? I was I was just curious. And no, that's- I mean, what happened? I had sort of been down there and seen that the house was really not being kept well. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a bunch of things reupholstered and I was going back down to continue that process and mm-hmm. to see the new staff. And when I got there, I was so shocked at the way the place was looking that that's where we started to call the staff meeting and I was trying to train them how to keep the place tidy and, and fresh looking. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that all evolved into that whole training of the staff. And it was actually great because I've been down there since, and the staff have literally really kept it nicely. So it actually worked. Well, I think, and as I mentioned to you when we met in Boston, I think the thing that just really struck me was just that you were just, certainly unlike Mr. Francis, you know, you were just never not polite with every single contractor or person you dealt with. And the staff, and I think that, you know, it shows that the sort of, you get more flies with honey. You were kind to them and you were patient with them. And yeah. you that gets you past the language barrier. Or I, I think that there's no reason in life to be antagonistical to anybody if you can help it. And you're right. I, I always think that to be polite and to be respectful to people gets you much better results. Well, it's a much nicer world. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you have to think that, uh, and I don't expect you to answer this, that Joe Francis, you know, they're they're like spitting in his tea behind his back. I mean, he's so mean to people. And, and that would be a reason to just tune him out and not listen to how he wants things because 
the simplest thing becomes such a major. It is a bit of a worry that yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, so tell us about your adventures on Million Dollar Decorators. Was it what you um, anticipated it was going to be or what was sort of a surprise to you as, in the process and in the sort of watching it on television? You know, because I had done a little TV before, I sort of knew what and how and, you know, what to expect. But you never, when anything is reality, you know, things happen. You have dramas that occur, you have things that go wrong, you have all sorts of stuff happen. So the adventure of the show was great fun. I had an amazing time because I'm great friends with Catherine Island and I've become very good friends with Mary McDonald, who is hilarious. Yes, yes, honey. And and I've known um, Nathan forever. So it was lovely to kind of do this show with my friends and experience all of that together. And I was so lucky because all my clients really have been behind me and they've really... um, I mean, people like Sharon Osbourne to give access to her home. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. So I was so lucky that all of these people went along with it and did just a beautiful, beautiful uh, offering of friendship towards me to allow me to film with them. And that's the thing that really has touched me with that whole thing. And it was such a great experience with everybody. Well, let me ask you this. So when the show, you didn't see it until it was aired, correct? No, I didn't see any of it because it was aired. No. So you're sitting down in your living room, you're watching it. Were you happy or shocked or embarrassed? or um, I mean, What was your emotion? The first episode, I was a little surprised the first episode. You know, they, you know, they cut things the way they want to. So mm-hmm. in the first episode, there were a few things kind of cobbled together that I wasn't that happy about. Um, <laughs> like what? You don't want to say? No, just, you know, the way that sort of they did this whole thing with me being a designer to the stars, which... Yes, I have unbelievable celebrity clients, which is amazing, but I have a lot more than that going on in my life and my career. And so for me, they kind of, I, I felt that they pigeonholed me a little bit too much into that. Yeah. They have there to was, make you a character, though, right? Right. They do, yes. And there were certain things that, there were some amazing things that we filmed, some amazing decorative things, some amazing things that, that real design viewers would have loved to have seen that were cut out. Ah. And that was the saddest part. I didn't like all... I didn't, the show was supposed to be million-dollar decorators about the highest end of design, which, yes, it certainly showed that, and yes, I certainly showed that in my stuff. I felt there were certain chapters in the show that were not up to the standard I would have liked to have seen. The, um, the more dramatic but, sort of yeah, soap yeah, opera stuff? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I felt that the stuff that, that, that my stuff was all great and I was very happy with that. I, I felt that some of it, the good content had been cut out. But, mm-hmm. you know, well, t- I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm sorry, but, you know, like when you're sitting there and they waste your whole time showing you eating chocolate. I mean, it was cute and funny, <laughs> but I'm thinking the whole time, I'd rather be watching you decorate something, right. you know, than see everyone loves chocolate, you know. I mean, that was <laughs> that, that could have been a 30-second piece, yet it was so long, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, me too, that's exactly what I think. And there, were, and there was some really great decoration stuff that was cut out to make way for that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't need to see a couple of my castmates splashing around in the bathtub. 
when <laughs> I'd much rather. Oh, now, come on. We loved it. I loved it. Oh, it, my God. No, that, that's good, but I just felt like that wasn't quite the decorating show that I thought it was going to be. Right. However, it's a Bravo show, so I understand that now. I understand more what the Bravo audience wants to see. And I can't just cater for the design audience. We need to cater for the Bravo yeah. audience. Right. So, so, so there has to be a little bit of everything in it. So actually on retrospect and looking back at it now, and I, I recently rewatched some of the episodes, I actually think they did a really good job, and I think it's a really good show. It is. I have to tell you, my husband, I mean, we watched it this summer diligently, you know, my child and her boyfriend and my husband. And I, I was telling Ben tonight, I said, well, you're not going to believe who we're going to go interview right now. You know, and I told him, he's like, oh, my God. He was so impressed. <laughs> and he said, yeah, tell him I said hello. And I mean, my, he was oh, really uh, impressed. Oh, that's so sweet. From the store, you know, from the show. I mean, he, you know, he really loved the show and he could care less about decorating, you know. So <laughs> it did, it did have an appeal of. Uh, outside you know for people that aren't in the decorative world so well, it's it's so funny because particularly in new york when i'm walking down the street i'll get stopped by all these guys and they're like oh my god i have to take a picture with you because my girlfriend made me watch your show he said and i love it and my oh, girlfriend funny. Me you. So i had that happen so much i believe you i mean i i experienced that tonight in my house you know and i believe you i can imagine but you know you're a handsome man and you're and people recognize you i'm sure now oh my Everywhere. god it's crazy it's 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 really um i'm shocked actually i had no idea that a show like this would kind of create so much uh celebrity in essence it's, it's a really interesting thing in eight episodes in eight episodes exactly right yeah was Catherine happy with the way her portrayal came out on the show um was Catherine? i think Catherine. I think Catherine thought that she would have liked to have had more decorating on the show. Mm -hmm. And of course, yeah. the problem for Catherine was she had that very, very difficult client who, in the end, fires Catherine, basically. And so you don't want to see yourself portrayed being fired because Catherine's had a major career with major clients and she's a very talented decorator. So for her to have gotten a bad yeah. card, I guess I'd say, with picking that client to film with, was not the best thing, but you know what? Audiences loved it, and mm -hmm. it did a side of the business, which is that sometimes we have really difficult clients that we have to deal with, and it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Have y'all heard? I mean, what did the client think? She was portrayed so poorly, you know? I, but I, is that why she quit? Is that why she fired her, because of the way she was coming across, you think? or No, because it, it was so months before airtime. Yeah, no. Yeah. She, yeah. She, she hadn't seen any of that. She was just kind of crazy, that client. Yeah. I would never, ever have put up with what Catherine did with a client. That's not... I would have stopped that long before. What do you mean? You would have walked away. Yeah, I would have walked away from that because yeah. that client wanted to decorate herself. And she was mm -hmm. just... Catherine really is, is, the, is the executor to the whole thing. And that's not what designer wants. A designer wants to be in on it, creating and being creative, not not picking through their pile of crap that they've bought somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right, <laughs> right. 
I bet she died when she watched it, though. Every time she'd come on the screen, I'd go, oh, my God, she must be dying watching herself. Who, the client or Catherine? (laughs) The client. She was portrayed so horribly. Well, she portrayed herself horribly. I I agree, I agree, I agree. I'll I'll tell you the one thing with reality TV is that they can only portray what you give them. That was a real person. That wasn't somebody, you know, putting on an act. That was her. And they filmed her, and that's what you saw. And so I think in Catherine's um, defense, she had a crazy client. And hopefully, if we move forward in a season two, Catherine won't have crazy clients, and you'll get to see much more of her real talented decorator. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things I liked the best about the show is it really showed, regardless of the budget size, there's difficult clients, there's missed deliveries, there's you know, unread emails that mean something doesn't get done. There's all those things at every level of the design world that certainly the design professionals who watched it could really relate to. Absolutely. Exactly. And And you kind of hope the client is watching it for those reasons too. Yes. You know, because every, I was like, I'm so glad that happens to him. Oh, I'm glad (laughs) that happens to her too. (laughs) Shot and Freud. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's 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 an education process for the client because they get to see on TV what it's what we go through, how much is involved in something. And so how pricey things are. People don't really realize the expense of things. Right. Somebody came up to me in Boston after I did that book signing thing there, and they said to me, I want to thank you so much because I live in this little town outside of Boston and I make furniture, and I make dining tables, and they sell for about $15,000, and they take me three months to make. He said, nobody ever wants to buy one. They always said they were too expensive. Why was I so expensive? And he said, people have now seen your show and understand what goes into the design industry and what goes into custom furniture. He said, I've sold three dining tables from people that have referred back to your show. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's great feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So that that really made me feel proud. I I loved the – I just was thinking about it. I loved when you went to England and you were shopping. You know, I loved that 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 section of the show that was wasn't so interesting. Great. On King's Lane thing was so great, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, and I remember you showed this gorgeous uh, white. I think it was a white turtle sh- turtle uh, tortoise shell. Oh, the blonde tortoise. Yes, shell. and and Ben goes. Buy that, buy that. So then the day of the sale, I was on at like 8.05 and everything was sold out. It totally yeah. sold out. And the tortoise went, and Ben goes, did you buy it? I said, first of all, I'm sure it was $5,000. And second of all, no, everything sold out. Well, you know that we took $300,000 in about 15 minutes. Wow. I know, I know. I I was so angry because I literally got on like at 8.04 or 5 and everything was sold out, Martin. Everything. There wasn't was, one thing. It was amazing the way that sale went so quick. And what happened, the site crashed because then it, so many people went on it. The site went down, which is unbelievable for Ron King's Lane because their, their backup's enormous. And then all these things popped back on as if they were back for sale. Oh, and oh. it all sold out, and so people got furious because they. I was furious. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, we sold out completely, and it was the most amazing sale. 
That's amazing. That's great. Well, it must but have been... that, that was I loved watching you sparring with them because I I was loving what you were picking out, and then they go, "No, I don't like that." And I was like, "No, I love that," you know. Well, their yeah. issue was the price more than liking something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all about the price. Yeah, it was all about the price. I mean, it was up to me to pick what I loved, but at the end of the day, for them, it was a price battle because you know. They have to offer things at a good price to their yeah. clients. It's, it's a it's a it's an upscale sales site in essence. And so I think we bought really good bargains for them actually. And if you looked on the site, they did very little markup, and it was a great way for to bring things home to people. I, I it, and it was so much fun to do it. I mean, we we laughed and laughed. Well, you went to some really amazing places. Yeah, I took them to all my kind of like childhood haunts. I mean, all those markets are the places that I used to stall out and sell stuff when I was a teenager. Hmm. So, um, yeah, actually, there were really lovely characters that recognized me and were like, oh, my God, we've been following your career or fabulous to see you or whatever, you know, and they cut all that out, unfortunately, which I thought was a shame because it was really pretty cute storyline. Were you amazed at how much they filmed versus how much ended up on the screen? Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Well, we spoke with Catherine when they were filming, and she was exhausted because you had been filming all day. This was yeah, Mrs. Yeah, we last fall. Her, yeah. Yeah, we yeah were, it was the year. beginning of December, and she, we had to reschedule like a couple of times because this, the filming, I think, ran long or something. And we'd had no idea. She was probably dealing with that bitch, right. Ella, you know. And right. we were talking to her, and she was going... Give me a drink. That's probably true. Crazy, exactly. It was totally true, I think. (laughs) Now, how does, um, uh, tell us about your your company. How many people do you have working for you? I have a staff of 15. Okay. uh, Including um, uh, an architect and a a CAD technician. And then I have... um, Two people that work for me part-time in New York and two people that work for me part-time in London. Oh, so, oh I didn't know. team knocking around me. What do they do in London, for instance? Well, I have jobs running. In, I have oh, jobs I see. In Rome, uh-huh. in Paris. So they oversee all of that for me from there. How many um, projects do you normally do on average handle sort of simultaneously? We tend to have about 12 running at one time. All the different stages. Yeah. At the moment, we've got about... At the moment, we have about 10 active, but we are in five countries right now, so it's a bit full on. Yeah, how do you handle, with, with a relatively small small staff, that many projects in different countries? It's tricky. It's tricky. It is definitely tricky. <laughs> so... Are you doing with when with the how do you do that in Europe? Let's say you're here here in LA and you know I've got a lot of um, I've got a lot of great uh, contacts everywhere and I've got my people I've built up over the years. So in London, for instance, I've got a good upholsterer and I've got a good drapery person and I know a lot of the stores and so you know I mean I have it's a designer is only as good as their as their dress book. So if you've got really good contacts everywhere, that's the way you keep the business going. And so I do have good people in a bunch of countries. Yeah. And then the people that work for you make sure it all happens. And the people that work for me make sure it happens. And 
I do a lot of stuff here in Los Angeles, but I ship off everywhere else. We have amazing workshops here and tend to be able to do things less expensively than others and in other countries. And, um, and it's kind of great. What, um, what country is particularly, we already talked about Mexico a little bit, but what countries are maybe particularly difficult to work in that you found? And what countries are very easy? I'm, for me, it's very easy to work in England. Well, being English yeah. But um, I'm working in Italy at the moment, and that's tricky because they're so slow. It's a, you know, they really work on their own time clock. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's been slightly exasperating that. Um, although I have to say I've had the best trips ever, had the best food and had the best <laughs> fun going back to sports. <laughs> so, so that's been kind of wonderful. France can be tricky because the French are not good unless you're working with their workshops. That, that can be very tricky as well in France. But there are some extraordinary vendors there and you can make things that you can make nowhere else in the world in France. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, any of the Latin American countries tend to be a little bit more difficult. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all a great adventure and it's really fun. I mean, now we're starting to work in Asia. So I don't know how that's going to go, but it seems like it'll be a fun adventure. Mm. Wow. Are the clients that you have, are these um, Americans or, or British people with houses in those countries, or are they nationals of those countries? I've worked for a bunch of Americans doing houses for them in London. I'm working at the moment with uh, Russian clients um, in Italy. I'm working with... Um, uh, actually, hold on. Can the we... French client in France. Um, my clients in um, Jakarta are Indonesian, and the clients in China are Chinese. So, and, and, and I've got Indian clients in New York. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a mixed bag of everybody. After the show, did your business just explode? I mean, did you have a lot of people that just thought, oh, I'm going to hire him, you know? Very interestingly, I have had unbelievable offers of licensing deals and unbelievable offers of different people coming to me with different jobs and things. Oh. Most, my, my, it doesn't seem that any of my castmates have had any of that happen to them. And for some reason, I've had a lot of it happen to me. Oh, um, interesting. I don't know why that is, but it's... I would... I, would have I know why. That, yeah, me too. Yeah. I think it's back to, you know, your attitude, to be really honest. I think that, as you said, you know, you get a lot more um, bees with honey. Flies with honey. Yeah, flies with honey. I was going to say flies, but <laughs> I wanted to make it a little nicer. Um, I, I do. I, I'm with you totally on that. There are so many pretentious people. There are a dime a dozen in this town. And, you know, when you find someone that's authentic and uh, it comes across in your work and obviously in your attitude and your energy – and that's attractive to people. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Thank you. Well, uh, I also think, you know, fun. you're so attractive. And, you know, you well, just plus it helps like that you're hot, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a big part of it. Well, well yeah. now, most of the cast was all very attractive. Let's not. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, that is true. I mean, Mary. Yeah, but Martin's the hottest guy of them all. We know well, that. Sweet you are. Well, I like, you know, who? Ross. Ross. You. <laughs> 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 what? What did he you say? Yourself. Yeah. Oh, Thanks, the younger guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But, um, you know, yes, so to answer that question properly, I've had the, I've had the offer of an incredible hotel to do. Uh, I've had, I had like I had an Arab sheikh who literally downloaded the show on iTunes. And by the way, the show was the most downloaded show on iTunes for three consecutive weeks, which is amazing. That is amazing. I believe it. Yeah. And um and we we um got this Arab sheikh flew in to meet with me, and because he and his wife loved the show so much, they bought a fifteen million dollar house in Beverly Hills to have me decorate. Oh. So it was like a plaything. I mean, that's that was one of the things that happened from the show, which was extraordinary to me, and great fun, and the loveliest, loveliest people. And I'm so happy because they're just adorable people to work for and to have in my life. So that was an amazing thing that came from the show. And as I say, all the all the different product things. I'm a, I'm a face for Jaguar cars now. I'm the face of. Uh, um, Vice Spring Beds, which is the world's most eco-friendly, luxuriant beds. I have uh, eco-cleaning products called Bullard's Best, which are launching at Bed Bath & Beyond and around the country any minute. I've got, obviously, the great Schumacher line. Um, I've got all sorts of lines that are coming out, and I've got all sorts of things that I can't even tell you that are in production that are huge, that have been direct results of the show. So... Um, it's been amazing. Did you say you're going to be the face of Jaguar? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of the faces of Jaguar here in the U.S., hmm. it's, which is amazing. Do they, send yeah. you a, do they send you a car? They certainly did. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh now my God. I'm jealous. <laughs> That's some good That's swag. That's my favorite car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to pick your color? Did you just kind of shut up and let it come as it would? Black on black, my darling. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I want the classic British racing green with the tan interior. Oh, we're, we're excited when they send us a black on the computer. <laughs> I know, the black gets me excited. Or I, oh, I got a candle in the mail. The, the, the first one they sent me was race, British racing green. Yeah, oh, With the green interior, actually. And I did love it. But I'd say to them, you know... One of the things that happens when you do TV shows, you need to have a very simple interior of a car because they shoot in cars a lot. Oh, right. So black interiors always shoot better. Oh, my God. That was your excuse that, to get the yeah. color you wanted? Yeah. <laughs> they bought it and said, okay, they, we'll send you the right one. Oh, that's funny. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to come up with that excuse? Oh, but it's actually true. It's true. true. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, but <laughs> that's, yeah, oh God, I can't believe. Yeah, well, so, so, there's been amazing stuff that's happened. I mean, I'm going to be doing a jewelry line. Um, jewelry. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I've got there's lots, lots of things happening that you'll see in the next year, which which are. Uh, and um, you're the only one, seriously, that was offered all this. None of the others. Catherine, Catherine, and I have just been both offered to do a lighting line. That's the first thing that came into Catherine. Um, and that was just a, that was a month ago, so which was kind of great. But nobody else really, nobody else has really pulled anything out of it yet. Huh. I'm shocked. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm not, but I would think that others would have at least something, you know. 
Can't, you know, Mary, Mary already has a line in development that she had before the show, and she has a lighting line. So there's, uh, uh, you know, so people had some things going already. I'm so happy that you're all loving the book. The book has been the most incredible success. It sold out within one week of, of coming out. Oh, amazing. So, yeah. so we have to do like a rushed second edition to keep the Christmas market fed. Right. <laughs> Holiday market. But, um, yeah, Rick Sully told me it's their number one book of the season. So. Great. Congratulations. Yeah. We're gonna, we'll, on the blog site that, ever, that people go to listen to the recording, we will put the link to, I guess, Amazon so people can order the book because it is absolutely gorgeous. It is a beautiful book, yeah. Thank you. So it's sold out right now, but people can, people can advance order it. I, my favorite room in the in the book, and I, this book just arrived on my doorstep at about six thirty tonight via UPS, is Ellen Pompeo's house. I just love this, and it's so not me, and I just love it so much. You know, the the, the beauty of that house is the architecture. It's a magnificently scaled house, and and Ellen and her husband Chris, they're very they kind of have this very young, easy outlook to it to their decorating style, and so I really wanted to let the the architecture of that shine, mm -hmm. and just do a very relaxed kind of vibe. Ellen's a big coat suit fan, you know, that South of France yeah. look. Yeah. And we tried to amplify that there in a very easy way. Yeah, it's really, so, really beautiful. Plus, it's a gorgeous yeah. picture of her. Oh, she's so beautiful. I draw her. She is, but she often, I think because of the show, she always looks a little peaked. So it's so nice to see this beautiful, relaxed picture. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great, right? I mean, exactly. Because on the show, she's also supposed to be hyped up right gorgeous gorgeous woman I and mean, adorable well martin thank you so much for joining us this has been really a lot of fun well ladies it was lovely to speak to you thank you so much thank this you wonderful thank you very much this has been the skirted roundtable with megan arquette from beach bungalow 8 Joni webb from coat to texas and i'm linda merrill from surroundings and this week we were joined by martin lawrence Ballard one of the million dollar decorators and on the Bravo TV show. So thank you so much for joining us. You can visit us online at www.skirtedroundtable.blogspot.com or download our podcasts from iTunes. Search for the Skirted Roundtable. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon.